you can be like, ah, cut that or whatever. Like, can we stop here? I got to do X, Y, Z or whatever. Because I'll just, perfect I'll place just to it. admit to our crimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I'll put an awooga over it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two can play that game. Hey, I'm Pete Steele. And I'm Andrew Miller. Welcome to Two Can Play That Game, the podcast for people who have one friend. If you have more than one friend, this podcast is not for you. Okay. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Now just go ahead and shield your eyes from this one, Andrew, because yes. if you listen to this podcast and you don't have one friend, you'll go insane. Wow. Yep. We, we warned you right now. I mean, this we is warned this you this episode right of now. the podcast particularly has some, you know. Do mythical not... powers over yeah. people who have more than one friend. So you, That's you can't right. turn it off. Just stop. Do Avert not your open eyes. this book of this podcast. You know what I mean? Lest you, th- <laughs> you know, it'll Andrew, open some sort of portal. And... You'll open some sort of Andrew. Today we're talking about uh, the game called <laughs> Seals of Cthulhu, which is wow. why we bring up um, this idea. Um, and uh, you know. Oh, uh, what more can I say than that, Andrew? It's uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're about playing. to we're about to descend into madness with this game. Yes, yeah, we will descend into madness with this game. Um, Seals of Cthulhu, you know Cthulhu. Well, we'll talk a lot the about seals. And Andrew, uh, now people at home are saying to themselves, uh, so you know what is this? Sea World, you know, Cthulhu. Yeah, the, the Sea Lions uh, of Cthulhu. Takes yeah. over, you know, Sea World or whatever. Exactly, yeah, the Sea Lions of uh, Cthulhu or whatever, the Orcas of Cthulhu. The Orcas are hot right now, Andrew. Uh, Going to date this episode a little bit, but they are... Um, they've been attacking sea vessels. Uh, really? I haven't heard about this. Yeah, you, oh, you not heard this? Oh, no. wow. I don't pay attention to it, anything anymore. I'm, I'm, oh, wow. I'm kind of like wow. a hermit who... Yep. Only, I don't mm-hmm. know. Looks Comes out, kids. peeks his head out to record a podcast every uh, yeah. once a month or twice. I learn, I get all my news from you, Pete, my one friend. Wow. So. Well, uh, Andrew, orcas have been attacking sea vessels at a higher rate for some reason, um, and uh, people think they are fighting back against the system. Anyway, love it. And so people are saying, "Wow!" So somebody already cranked out, you know, a game about that. This quick? No. Andrew <laughs> seals. We're talking about seals that you break yeah. on, you know, paper or something like that or whatever. You know, something that's like meant a seal... to keep something closed. Right. Like like when you would go to Sam Goody and buy a new CD. You that's know, right. And that seal. You know, remember how hard it was to get that seal off of the CD? That Boy, sticker? I'll tell you what. They like made tools for this, Andrew. Yeah. That today Ooh. would be a, it's literally a relic. If somebody, yeah. if like <laughs> an archaeologist you know, uncovered and they're like, what do they use this for? And it's like, oh, and you were just like an old grandpa with a cane. And we're like, well, that used to, that was a little razor that used to cut the top of the sticker that would go. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? What's a CD? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's it's like a little record. Like, what? Man, it was, you know, it, it was hard to get those stickers off, but I used to be obsessed with stuff. like 
trying to get the full sticker off. Not just oh. like enough to open it, but like you gotta get oh, you gotta yeah. get it all the way off. Yeah. You gotta get you gotta get the entire thing off, Andrew. Uh-huh. Come on. What the heck? Yeah. Um, and Andrew, so this is a game about getting the sticker <laughs> off of a jewel case, a CD jewel case. That should be. No, I, w- I wish. That's, that should be a yeah. game, right? Yeah. We'll have to tell Sean to, to do that next for this <laughs> for this game. No, Andrew, this is um, uh, oh, we shouldn't, a wait, game we by shouldn't Sean Epperson. You've already told yeah. too much about the game here, Pete. We, we should just... Uh, you summed it up in one sentence right there, but maybe we should just give one yeah. more sentence to sum it up. Okay. One sentence explanations. All right, Andrew, one sentence explanation of this game, huh? Well, um, how about this? How about a fast and surprisingly strategic card game about the worst assignment an investigator can get? Yeah. Yeah, I would not want to. You don't want to be the... It's always, in these Cthulhu Lovecraft worlds, there's always, like, some sort of investigator who's, like, investigating cult activity and stuff like that. And and that's got to be a bad gig right you know what I mean? yeah yeah and then it turns out there's giant squid monsters that you yeah it's like all a of a sudden yeah all of a sudden there's portal portals opening or whatever or you're yeah. or you're oh. potentially you know standing at the precipice of madness or whatever and it's like oh boy can't wait for the weekend you know what i mean when's friday coming yeah um i said that seals of cthulhu is uh, a game of poker but mm. with tentacle monsters that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're not right. And we're not just talking, you know, anime uh, poker cards. We're talking, you know. No. No. <laughs> no, no, Andrew, we're not talking about that. <laughs> uh, don't bring we it told up. told ourselves this episode, don't talk about anime poker playing cards. A- Andrew, this is a game uh, where literally you got, you know, two sides one side is literally trying to break the seals mm-hmm. or whatever on uh, some ancient book and unleash the elder gods and they're gonna come and destroy the world and whatnot uh the other side of course like we talked about investigators and you're trying to make sure that don't happen and the way you do that it ends up being a, a game of a little bit of bluffing a little bit of bidding and a little bit of hand management because what it really boils down to is you got the two different sides and you have uh, not fully identical cards, but you have cards that are almost completely the same except for some different values on them. Yeah. Specifically what they call the control value and what they call the influence value. Um, And you so one person decides on one of their cards in their hand and essentially puts it up for auction almost they say but face down so that they are the only one who knows what that card is yeah they then place their bid on it first and then if the other player wants it they have to beat that bid for that card but they don't know what the card is so they're just trying to and use any kind of clues they can to figure out what it might be. That's the tricky um, thing about this is you you don't know what thing. the card is going to be. So you're yeah. you're bet you're you're bidding on a card that you have no idea what it is. But yep. I, I think the thing about the thing about this game is that the hand is your hand is so small, right? It's what, what is yeah, it? Yeah, six, six, six cards. cards. Yeah. 
And, and that's it. And you, you play five rounds of this and it's done. So it's very easy to quote unquote count the cards, right? So um, mm -hmm. you don't have to be Rain Man to figure it out, right? And so after by the end of the game, you know what's left. Basically, there's there's all they're clever because they don't have you play all six cards because then you right. would know what the last one is. But you right. can have it narrowed down to on the last turn, knowing what you know. You'll know what two are left in there. You always know what's in their hand, essentially. You just right. don't know what the card is. Because you have the same cards in your hand. It's just like right. some of the values are different, but you know but you know, you sit yep. there by like the, the third or fourth round and you're like, Okay, well you played this one, yep. you played I saw that one, so I know it must yep. be this or that, you know. <laughs> yeah. You can literally talk and your now, strategy out loud. Yeah. And then whoever like wins the the bidding, quote unquote, uh takes the uh takes the card and places it face up in their tableau andrew um tableau. Into their little play into their play area and then here's the thing andrew is the other player who didn't get the card they get the bid um which is usually meeples that are that are bidded uh that are bidded that are bid, bid i guess bid is bidden bid bid bad that are bidden that are bad <laughs> that are bad yes um that are bud that are baby. um andrew listen we could debate this all day um <laughs> no but the and so they essentially they might not have gotten the card so you know tears of course but what they did get is uh, a, a ton of bidding power for the next time bidding has to happen basically yes. so it's it stays kind of balanced that way the bottom line is once you play uh each player plays five cards uh in that fashion the game's over and you look at the face-up cards in front of you and that control value that i talked about that is on the top of each card you add up those numbers it can be anywhere from one to six i believe typically sometimes there's some negatives that they when you get a little tricky when you get into some of the different variants um that you can use in the game but um you and then whoever has the highest total of those control values wins that's that's it so fairly simple um uh, you know win condition if you will what gets real tricky is you know as we talked about you don't know what card you're bidding on usually if you're or at least one of you doesn't um and uh and the other thing is that oftentimes these cards every single card andrew is one half of a pair as we as we said, you and your opponent have almost the same cards except for those couple of values on the on the front. Um, and if you if your version of the card, you have that, and their version of the card, suddenly you can put them together and they are uh, they have a special power if you have both sides of it basically. Yeah. And so that so adds a whole other element where you can start using those powers to manipulate the cards turn some things down face down which means you lose that control value number but you might gain something you know um even better as a result yeah, it gives you a little extra incentive to try and bid for the other person's cards you know it it, mm -hmm. it 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 seems like a very simple game on the surface of like well why would i even want to do that or i should you know but like mm -hmm. there's all kinds of reasons for like even a card that might have a lower uh number on it Maybe you say, well, if I get it, then I get the special power. So maybe I will try and go mm -hmm. for that one. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. 
And and uh, and I mentioned that every card has not only that uh, control value or whatever that helps win, but also has an influence value, which in addition to the little like meeple tokens that you can bid with, you can bid with a card. A card has its own bidding power too, which is represented by the influence. So you might have won a card, quote unquote, but then you might want to use it later for to to really increase the bid on a card. Um, it's very interesting. It, it's yeah, you're right. As you, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I get it. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. And then as you play it, you go, okay, oh, now I get it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. X Y Z. So yeah, and um, you can really like. There's only a few meeple, right? Uh, each side gets what four. Five, uh, I think, maybe oh, total. Five? I thought you it was four. Four or five. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I have Yeah, <laughs> you're looking the box. <laughs> but um, but anyway, it's it's limited. So that we played a couple games where like um, yeah. you know, you just run out of them because you know the other yeah. person had all literally all of the bidding tokens, and so then you yeah. you're left with, well, do I even want to bid any of my cards, or do I just just give it up to the other person? So then you you, and you then, get more yeah. power that way. Right, and then that and then that brings up a whole tactic, which is to say. If you know that your opponent has like no nothing to bid with, basically, um, maybe that maybe now you play a certain card down because you know that they can't win the bid or right. whatever. You know what I mean? So, yeah, there's a lot it, of it, just, um, it becomes deeper and more complex the more you play yeah. it. You know what I mean? You, you can do a lot of bluffing as well, trying to trick a person into taking a card that would actually hurt them in some way. Um, yep. You know, and and some yep, of these cards. Yep, yep. Like the cards are going to be like the seals, of, right? It's like a notebook and a Necronomicon, mm-hmm. which is like some sort of evil notebook. I, again, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I should say this right up top. <laughs> Pete and I, especially me, we're not steeped in the Cthulhu lore, so I don't. Really yeah, know. we're not Lovecraft historians or whatnot, or right. or you know, yeah, we, we don't know a lot about that world necessarily. So uh, if you are tuning in to try to listen to some experts or something like that, uh, it ain't us. It ain't no. Andrew and I. We may have uh, guests on cool. later who know a little bit more we than may us. May have so. guests on. So stay tuned. Yeah, don't tune that. out just because. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't. If you, have, well, if you only on. have one friend, like stay. Okay, just stay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have more in common than you think. If you only have one friend, uh, <laughs> but you really love Cthulhu, it's like, come on, you know, we're we're pretty much the same. It's like Bonobo apes. You know what I mean? We have we have like ninety-eight, nine point nine percent the same DNA. You know, right? You right, just right. really, you just really, you just have a. Cthulhu Funko Pop, and we have uh, <laughs> an Uva Rosenberg uh, Funko Pop. Wouldn't that be great? I would buy one of those. Andrew, he's got it, right? Doesn't um, he have a Funko Pop? I mean, come on. Maybe not. Oh, come on. He's got to have that. They have a Funko Pop of everybody out about there. Them. Yeah. Um, Andrew, tell us more about the history of this game, not about uh-huh. uh, you know the history of the Elder Gods or whatever. Yeah, Because yeah. I would go insane if I heard that. But if you tell me the history about this game, I think I'll have a good time. <laughs> Uh, I found uh, I learned everything that I needed to learn uh, about the history of this game straight from the developer, wow. the designer of the game, Sean Epperson, who the eagle-eared listener will wow. note as former guest of the show. Wow. So uh, Sean was on the episode that we did about uh, Kuhn versus Lakia, right? <clears throat> the bunny, yes. bunny divorce. And you episode. know, wow, that is. In retrospect, Andrew, we did not arrange that, but that I think it has some similarities. I, I, as I was describing, you know, this game and how it's one of those ones where there's more depth and uh, strategic elements and tactical elements that arise the more you play it. I was th- I l- was literally thinking about uh, Kuna versus Lakia. So uh, yeah. yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, if you want to know 
hear it straight from him, you know, go back and listen to that episode too, because he talked a little bit about this game on that episode. <clears throat> wow. um, but uh, he, let's see, he uh, published this game in 2019, so it's fairly mm-hmm. recent. Um, okay. And Sean is one of the founders of uh, Thing 12 Games, which is right. the publisher of this one. And yep. they started publishing games back in 2015. And they have about a dozen or so games uh, under their belt at this point. Impressive. You can look them mm-hmm. up on Board Game Geek or wherever on their website. One thing yep. I I have noticed about uh, Thing 12 Games is that they are very open about... I think it's kind of unique. They're very open about promoting other games that have nothing to do with their company. Like, they'll just be mm. like, hey, we really love this game, and here it is, you know? And so, yeah, refreshing. It, to, to, for them to be like, we're also fans of board games. You know what yes, I mean? Like, so exactly. we're not going to act like, you know, we, we're better, like, or, or like that we, yeah, that we don't. Like, our games are the only ones out there, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, just, yeah, 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 that's nice. That's good. So anyway, he said that he came up with the idea uh, for a game where, like, I have something that you want, and so how do we resolve this type of thing? And so he, which is really the core of this game, and he made a prototype, and it was terrible, didn't work, and it was a very bad, not fun game, right? Mm. And he was literally just about to throw it in the trash can. He decided to keep the cards and the pieces the last minute, just in case... He needed them for something else. You know, I got a drawer full of like old prototypes and stuff like that. Yeah. As a, as a game designer, and a year later, he was headed to a game night with some friends and saw this old prototype in the drawer, and kind of had a eureka moment about how he can make it work. So mm-hmm. he took it out, brought it to the game night, tried it out with his friends, and it was actually fun. And so wow. He, yeah, made some adjustments. You know, that, they, that is true. What they say, they say sometimes you sleep on it. Uh, right. you know, and then you'll for, see it with fresh for eyes. One the next full day. year, sleep on it, yes. Or kind of like a rumple stilt skin, yeah, sleep for about a full year and then yeah. <laughs> that well yeah, that's that's the thing I didn't mention is uh <laughs> yeah, Sean uh, it, one one year went by but he slept the entire time. He slept for the entire year. That's right. And then yep. woke up for game night. Which you is know, which... you know, uh, it's funny that you almost didn't mention that because that is probably the most interesting part of the story. Yeah, weird that I would not mention that, but uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's true. Anyway, um, and he made, he made some adjustments, you know, tweaked a little bit, made some changes and, uh, there, there was the game. So, um, right. he had always been a fan of kind of like the Cthulhu lore and the monsters and everything, been wanting to make a game in that universe. And he just thought, you know, this is kind of an adversarial one versus one type of thing. So he got the idea of cultists, which are the Cthulhu worshipers or whatever, versus mm-hmm. the investigators who are the government people trying to figure out, Hey, what are these people doing? Trying to destroy the world. And so, right. It just kind of fit. And um, he also noted, I, I got a lot of this from an, e- an email from him. He said that the idea of like half of each item, that idea came after the theme was added. And so um, that kind of added a huge boost in the incentive to go after a certain car and get the other half. And that, that made it even more fun. So that was kind of yeah, a, late, a yeah, later yeah. addition to the game, which I think is a huge part of it because otherwise it would yeah. not be as... I think so. That's good. <clears throat> he also noted uh, that, um, so we, I don't know if we mentioned, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, was that his name? Um, mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. the author of the, the, the original person who wrote these kind of horror stories, you know? Yeah. And uh, he noted that, which is true, that uh, he was, you know, a, uh, a racist guy, a really just, yeah. not, you know, not, <laughs> not a, not a yeah, great. Yeah, bad, bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bad guy. And it wasn't, and not even like, uh, Oh, that was just kind of the times. Like he was even for that time, mm-hmm. he was pretty, you know, overt yeah. about these things. But 
Um, He noted that in in his in this game, he included uh, a lot of people who come from like maybe lower rungs of society as the characters um, because Mm -hmm. Lovecraft himself he was racist. He also I was reading he he was like uh, he didn't like the idea of democracy. He wanted to be like a uh, a autocracy or something like that. Like you know, Uh only rich people can like you know run the government type of thing. You know, so that was kind of his view. So so. Uh, you know, he's trying to push back on that with this game a little bit. And I think a lot of good. a lot of good, people are good, doing that good. these days with this work. But anyway, um, yep. uh, I guess I should also notice that the artist on this, uh, mm. Duong, I'm sorry for m- mispronouncing that, but um, okay, he said he Sean said he was really uh, uh excited to be able to work with him, and Son yep. uh, had never seen Cthulhu or anything to do with, never heard of this stuff before. Oh, that's fun. And so yeah. Sean thought, okay, that was great. It, like he was yes. like, oh, should I look? Should I look this up? And he's like, no, don't look it up. So he just gave don't him some descriptions of what yes. these like elder gods would, might look like on the cards. And so yep. he said he was able to come up with. He, he's happy that his uh, depictions on these cards are somewhat unique, and they yes. they didn't have that prior influence. In, on yes them. yeah that's that's great and i it's funny you mentioned that because that is something i feel like i picked up on not that exact detail about it but just that they were unique and that they felt like they were their own you know what i mean and mm-hmm. in a world where you see you know tons of like i said like cthulhu funko pops and they all look the same or whatever <laughs> right. you know what i mean all these depictions these days everyone's kind of doing the same thing or whatever it is refreshing like you said to see yeah, uh, a different take on it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and there are also uh, two alternate rule sets. They're for free on Board Game Geek if you want to download them. Uh, yep. One is called the Summoning, which guarantees that an Elder God will get into the mix. You know, one you have yep. to use one of those cards. The Elder Gods are, besides the other items, you can throw in the Elder Gods. And then there's um, mm-hmm. another one called Madness, which you can shuffle in uh, more than one Elder God and obviously yeah, it turns yeah, into yeah, madness yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah. you know uh, which is another thing we didn't really mention about this game is that there are lots of n- besides those on board game geek you can also add in uh you can mm-hmm. add in like character cards and you can change out yeah. the the elder god almost, to be a different one almost like modules or whatever yes. with, uh things things that you can yeah a, a, a very modular game in that in that respect yeah you can um you can play it at a very base level or whatever. And then you can also add in these like identity or character cards, which give you kind of an asymmetrical mm, powers, I guess you would say, or like abilities or things of that mm-hmm. nature. Or like, um, um, and then yeah. things to work towards like a win, win to work um, conditions, win conditions. On yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. And they are all very different. Um, and uh, so they add a whole other layer of, uh, you know gameplay to it basically uh and then like you said you can um i think there i think there are something like eight different elder gods um that you can choose from and the game at it you know on the base level has you add in one as you know one of your so like everybody starts with everybody has six cards um and so one of them is one half of an elder god and of course your opponent has the other half um and that that elder god that you choose to play with can be different each time because there's so many to choose from or like you said you can just throw more than one in there yeah right yeah get get real crazy with it um get real crazy with it 
Yeah. And they think... usually, when you if you combine the two halves with the Elder God is when things get really crazy, usually. <laughs> Not to uh, jump to the end of the show here, but I think that is important for this game also because it's a yes. super quick game. I mean, you finished in like, you know, 15 minutes. And right, right, if right. you play it five or 10 times, you'd be like, oh, okay, it's the same thing over and over again. But if you're changing out the Elder Gods, or you're adding in different characters, that's going to make it totally different every time you play. So it's got, it yep. just ups the replay value. Anyway, uh, the last yeah, thing totally. last thing I wanted to mention is that Sean let me know that they are finishing up a game right now called Matches, hmm. which will be the second game in this universe. And so it will wow. continue and expand on the narrative of Seals of Cthulhu. And wow, so wow, wow. look out for Matches from To be Thing continued. Yes. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, well, and, uh, and then the other thing I want to talk about with this game, Andrew, um, <laughs> is just the production value that went into it. And so it actually makes me really want to say, nice package. Nice package. Well, thank you, Pete. Thank you. And, um, oh, I know you're saying that to, uh. Sean as well for making this nice package. Yeah, Sean, nice package. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, I kind of wish that I had done, because we were sent this game uh, from Thing 12 Games, and I wish that yeah. I had done an unboxing video on, on this package mm -hmm. because it's a very unique, ex just opening the box itself is yep. like kind of a mm -hmm. cool little experience. Um, and when yes. I asked Sean about the history of this game in an email, he said that he that the experience of the box and the packaging is something that Thing 12 Games tries to focus on. They they add little details and Easter eggs to all of their games and their packaging. And stuff yeah. Like that, which is evident like in this it. game. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it is evident that sometimes you can see with the production value of a game that the, that the creators had a vision for every piece of it. You know what I mean? Um, and so, because Thing 12 is kind of an independent publisher um, and does a lot of their their fundraising through Kickstarter to get these these games going, they really can. Um, yeah. You know, it's an, an auteur uh, game. Uh, there is no, right. you know, mega company over, uh, over their head um, telling them, dictating, you know, who they should be using as artists and, and you know, what their components should be, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, it's you know, it's it's like when a an independent film is made and, and, the, and the director uh, can really, doesn't have to worry about pleasing the the, yeah. the the production company or whatever or the distributor or something like that. You hey, know you know what, what the, uh, the number one grossing independent film of all time ever was? Wow. Um... Independent film grossing all time. Uh, yep. Spice World. Uh, nope, it was uh, mm. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Oh my! <laughs> because gosh. oh, because George Lucas funded that himself. Yeah, Is that he didn't idea? have the the studio look like telling him what to and do. See, just... there you go. True yep. auteur movie. Yeah. Um, where the droids go, Roger, Roger, or whatever. Listen, um, listen. You and I about... both like Phantom Menace more than most people, or whatever. But you got, oh yeah, you gotta, you gotta kind of just get a chuckle out of the fact that Jar Jar Binks sticks his dang tongue into a, a this... coupling. Don't take it too seriously. Uh, you know, and it's a, a great movie, in, you know. In, in, in a, an electric 
uh, field, coupling field or whatever, and goes, <laughs> and his tongue doesn't work. Anyway, Andrew. Let's talk um, about this box. Well, let's talk about this box, because otherwise we're going to turn into a well, whole Phantom Menace cast <laughs> over here. Well, I wouldn't Nice package, of course. We're going to be talking about the production value, as we already have been doing. The, the packaging, the rule book, et cetera, all the different components that go into this. It's all good, Andrew, is what I'm trying to say to you. You're right. Unboxing it is an experience in and of itself. The, the box is supposed to look like an old book right that's all yep. like locked up and it's got a chain with a padlock across it and actually yeah so it's got it's got a translucent uh, transparent translucent yes. same thing no it's transparent it's transparent um sleeve that goes over the box on which is print is painted some chains so that yeah. when you open this box you literally slide the chains off but it was like a nice little a surprise. Like cool. you can't yeah. see that that sleeve over it at first when you're looking at it, and mm -hmm. it looks like the chain is just printed right on the box. And then you start to slide off the sleeve, and you're like, "Oh, that's on the sleeve." Now I'm taking off the chain yeah. off of this this wow. creepy looking book. Yeah, I you're should like, also should mention I be doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah right. mm -hmm. And Pete, I didn't mm -hmm. even mention this to you. On the back, <laughs> it inside of the sleeve, it had mm -hmm. like. It has, I'm looking at it right now, it has like a little promotional type of thing on the back that mm -hmm. kind of gives you an idea of like what the game is about. But sure. if you want the full experience after you've opened it, you can actually take that and flip it over. And instead of just being like a white background on the back, it has printed on it. It's like Project Wicker Weld's uh, status mm -hmm. report prepared for the House Committee on Foreign Affairs, unauthorized access prohibited. And you can yeah. flip it over and just have that. If you don't want all like the promotional stuff and the barcode on the back, you can flip that oh, over. Oh wow! And have that sitting there, so on your shelf, it can really look authentic, that's like cool. it's really like a cultist book, you know? Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, the it's details. they're 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 walking you through. They 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 really are getting you into the theme of this. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then you open it up here, and it's got a piece of paper in here that looks like a stained piece of notebook paper that's all like old and messed up. And it says, "Before you do anything, read this." And then you flip it over, and it's like a letter uh, saying, like basically, like don't open this thing; it's gonna, you know, yeah. destroy the world. And uh, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, it's written by mm -hmm. Elman Asher, former acting chief of the Office of Special Defense Initiative. So. And it's all wow 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 very cool yeah i mean it's it's i would i would even say steeped in theme andrew and when i say steeped andrew i mean they left the dang tea bag in overnight baby <laughs> yeah this is extra steeped okay uh i i mean it's it's just well, from the outer layer all the way to the core of this game i think and then it's, it's and then theme. the cards then the cards are in a bag like you might have your little Dungeons and Dragons dice mm -hmm. in this bag, like a dice you know? bag. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it's in and it's got like this fake oh, yeah. government seal on here. The oh, Office of Special yeah, Defense yeah. Initiative. Yeah, high, high, high quality production. You know what I mean? We've, we've. This is not the first time we've encountered an independent game company with with truly impressive production value, Andrew. Well, um, what independent game company did does this remind you of? Because I mentioned it when we played. Uh, really okay well this reminds me of fort circle because they <laughs> yes. are both you know what i mean seems like the there's the passion is not only in the the you know gameplay itself but also the production of it yeah because it comes with these like things that like fort circle like fort circle you open up the game and it has all these like historical doc copies of historical documents right and this right. 
this has like what looks like a newspaper clipping. Obviously, this is fantasy, or well, maybe mm -hmm. it is. I don't know if you believe this kind mm -hmm. of stuff, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's got I mean, like a newspaper clipping of I've somebody saying, in black. Like, "Oh it's... yeah, don't mess with those cultists and stay away from them." And yeah, all that yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it's like fictitious historical documents, yes. but it makes you, but it looks authentic, and you're like, okay, now this is also setting the you know setting the stage and everything like that <laughs> yeah i mean uh to return to the artist I, I i really i really do like it it's 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 it isn't over polished like we were talking about sometimes a lot of these cthulhu things can get kind of over polished and like comic booky and yeah and you know you know i like it when it doesn't get over polished um yeah. i wouldn't say this is pleasantly fuzzy you know what i mean no. under like the classic <laughs> i'm Lost glad you City's brought up that artwork. phrase again yeah but I would, you know what? I would use a different phrase. I'd probably say it's engagingly gritty. How about that? Whoa, engagingly gritty. But oh, sound the engagingly gritty. I, I wish, I wish I could make a pa, uh, pog with engagingly gritty on it. <laughs> I would have gritty like the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the flyers mascot. Eng engagingly oh, gritty. Oh, engagingly gritty. Yeah, and then it's us engage in on bended knee and getting engaged to gritty. <laughs> pretty, pretty sweet. <laughs> Listen. <clears throat> if you want, if you want a copy of that pog, you got to send Andrew fifty bucks, and he'll make it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Andrew. Uh, now, Andrew, I will say uh, we're we're kind of uh, glowingly talking about the production value of this, which which really it it really impressed us. Some people have uh, accused this game of being like uh, overproduced. Uh, mm. For 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 the content of the game, they they think, hey, it's they said, hey, this is a micro game, and this is the production is actually too much for this, uh, <laughs> and that I would say, Andrew, that might have been true um, if they hadn't included, like we talked about, those special rule cards, those multiple elder god cards. With those in there, it really does feel like this is a full game, um, and so those I go ahead and banish those criticisms to them to the wind or whatever I, I don't... people people are like they're just they're just you know making this production super good for a very small game so they can you know up the price or whatever it's like no actually i, I, I this is this crosses the boundary from a micro game into a full game i think because yeah. of the different all the different elements of it no it adds to the experience i don't i don't i don't agree with that criticism because that's right. I don't know. You can have a micro game like a, like a um, a button shy game, you know, that fits in a wallet. Sure. And if your criticism is, oh, the box is too big for me to carry around, okay, that's one thing. Right. This box is right. by board game standards, it's not big. I mean, it's not. This is yeah. It's not a right. wallet, but it's you know, it's bigger than mm -hmm. it needed to be because of all that stuff. But I think it mm -hmm. adds to the experience and kind of the what oh, really yeah. adds to it also is what pete and i did i would recommend if you play this game play it with some like creepy uh cthulhu mm. uh ambiance music going on in the background we, yes. we played you know that that made it uh, oh yeah and creepier. this book sitting there and the chains are on the table yeah. discarded and everything yeah it's great yeah no i mean i i think it's oftentimes like a question of like ratio uh right andrew where it's like uh you know uh you have a big box, but the value within it is low. You know that's black. You know, and I don't like that. That goes straight in the trash. You got a small box with a big value, and a hubba hubba. You know what I mean? Now I'm in love. You know what I mean? Chef's kiss. This I would say is kind of like a small medium box uh, with a good amount of like 
value, like right down the center, basically. Some medium yeah. value, medium box, bada bing, bada boom. Hey, perfect. You know what I mean? That's that's. I think it. I think it matches up. Um, um, so yeah, I have one last thing to talk about with it. Do you have anything else to talk about the? Uh, yeah. The um, because yeah, it, it, our one last thing is very important. Something that Pete and I really bonded over on game night. But I'll, I'll wow. save it to the end of the segment. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll say one more thing about it, Andrew, which is just okay. that I had net. I just. I just do not have a problem with a game having fewer components. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, one thing I don't want a game is to have more components than it needs. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I don't need. I don't want this game to come with you know, 50 miniatures of the Elder Gods that kind of do nothing. They're just there. You know what I mean? Like, that would be right. too much, in my opinion. Um, some of my favorite games that I, you know, in the world come with fewer components, you know what I mean? And, and aren't, yeah. uh, you know, oh, they don't go overboard with all the different components. And and so I appreciate, quite frankly, the number of components in this game. Yes. Um, the We mentioned that this is supposed to look like an old book. Mm-hmm. And when you open it up and you look on the the front the inside front cover, it's got mm-hmm. what a, it's got what appears to be now they don't have these anymore at libraries, but I don't know if you remember when you'd take a book out of the library, you would have to write your name on a little card, you know, and say wow. who took it out in the library kids. and stamp what? out only nineties kids will get this or whatever. Yeah, yeah. stamp the date. Only nineties kids will get this reference. Um, yeah. So it has like a little log on there of like who took this book out of the library, I assume, if it was in the library or something wow. like that, who read yeah. this book. And it it goes back into the 1800s. And some of the names are like smudged out. You can't read them. Some mm-hmm. of them you can read. Like Thomas Edison is on there. It's like funny, like Ooh. 1880 or something. Else. But one name on there, Pete and I noticed. What is this? Yeah. I can't read. B.D. Cooper, is it? Or B.H. Cooper? B. BD, BD Cooper, yeah, BD yeah, yeah. BD Cooper, okay. BD and I Cooper. was like, I was like, I, I was like, that sounds familiar, but I can't quite remember, you know. And then, and then we, of course, we had to stop and look it up, or whatever. And whoo, now that story's great. <laughs> it's like a guy. What is it, Pete? It's a guy. Who yeah. Hijacked... Guy who guy who hijacked uh, a plane uh, and, in the seventies. Uh, didn't didn't hurt anybody, but was just trying to get money or whatever. Um, yeah. And got the money, and then rerouted the plane or whatever and uh but jumped from the plane parachuted from the plane parachuted out over the forest yeah yeah mid mid flight uh and so they did not they didn't know of course they were waiting for him when the plane landed or whatnot but he had already jumped a long time ago with the money uh and they never found the guy they never found that's that intrigues me i love stuff like that where you like never found the guy yep uh, right and so and obviously that is a story that in, intrigued sean and and the rest of thing 12 and so you know hey listen it's little, I, I like it the little, little world like building that, yeah. you know what I mean? and now yeah, th- yeah. there are a couple other names written on there that we looked up and i could not figure out what is it i don't know if it was a made-up name so sean if you want to reach out and let me know what all these names <laughs> yeah, are yeah yeah because some of them didn't yeah, seem to be dying. famous, and, and so I'm trying to figure out what are all these names on here. So, uh, really cool little details in yeah, this. Uh, Andrew I, hasn't slept since. So <laughs> please. <laughs> the B.D. Cooper story and is cool. I, I got to watch a movie about him or something. I got to watch a movie about that. Um, Andrew, uh, uh, don't worry though. I know that you've been having a rough time 
you know, not sleeping and everything like that. And it's kind of driven oh, you right. to yes. the to the edge. So I invited somebody over to go ahead and uh, help you relax and uh, help you kind of get it all out of your system. All okay. right. And uh, oh, there he is right now. I don't know if you just heard that uh, that knock on the door, but uh, go ahead and uh, if you wouldn't mind letting in Dr. Fraser Crane. Dr. Fraser Crane. Oh, it's, I just opened up my door, which happened to be a, the seals of Dr. Fraser Crane. Oh, and now no, he you opened released. the wrong door. Yeah, you opened the door that was a seal to the, yeah. Yeah, so now the elder god, Dr. Fraser Crane, is here to <laughs> uh, to help us count down the top ten phrases that you'll hear someone say while playing this game, Seals of Cthulhu. Number ten. Okay, let's take a look at these monster names here. Cthulhu. Oh, is this the guy from uh, Squid Game? Number nine. I'm about to summon the Domino's delivery driver. You want anything? Number eight. Haster. Looks more like my youth pastor, you know what I'm saying? Number seven. Cthulhu is a little tough to pronounce, so can we just agree to call him Carl? Number six. Yog Soth Off. <laughs> more like Yog So Soft. I just want to cuddle all those tentacles, cutie. Number five. Ah, crud. I summoned Ronald Reagan by mistake. Number four. Shog Goth. Wow. Wait, what's with the... It's the same name as the last one? What's with all these THs? You know, Sylvester the Cat's having a tough time playing this game, I'll tell you that. Number three. Uh, I think I can handle the Necronomicon, dude. Number two. Nigerlathotep. Okay, this is just silly. Hey, you want to play Scrabble next? Number one. I should have never opened the Necronomicon. Love break. Okay, Pete just opened the Necronomicon and it and it revealed a love break. Wow. I opened the Necronomicon to your heart, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> The love break is, of course, the portion of the episode where we take a little bit of a break from the episode to continue our ongoing game of Fog of Love that we play one turn of each episode. Andrew, I believe this time it's your turn. Oh, yes, I believe you're correct. And um, see, I'm looking at my cards here and yeah. I'm going to play. I don't think in this game we've come across a card that is quite this simple. It's a very sh short amount of text here. It's called Psychologist. And so wow. I'm going to play this card. And it says that uh, I uh, had a long talk with my psychologist, and I think I need to make some changes. And oh, so wow. You don't even do anything with this turn, Pete. All I have to do is I change one of my personality traits. Oh, wow. How about that? You you spoke to your psychologist. Yeah. Um, we'll just assume it's Dr. Fraser Crane. Dr. Uh, Fraser Crane, right. Yeah. Um, and it led to you changing one of your traits. Okay. Which, of course, yes. in this if you remember, is... is uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have three... We each have three hidden traits. Secret and traits, I've, yeah. I think it's been a while now, but several months ago, but we did... At one point, we, we've we've changed our traits a couple of times, at least, in this... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah relationship and so i am going to go ahead and you know my therapist dr fraser crane said that i was just being i was being too um just i was too focused on what's right and wrong justice was just something that i was too was, focused wow, on look at that trait yep. 
So I need boy, to be. Oh boy, Andrew, I'm glad that you actually got a chance to get rid of that one because we were not gonna be able to achieve that one. I can see no. right now by the end of this game. So no, we were not worried about right and wrong in this relationship. That's wow. for sure. Um, wow. Wow, 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 we were quite the opposite. So uh, now I'm just gonna pull uh, the next trait off the top of this deck secretly, and okay. I unfortunately I cannot tell Pete or the listeners what it wow. is. Wow, wow, wow! But I kind of will say I kind of I kind of like it. So um, mm, Pete, like just let's just say Andrew. there's gonna be maybe some big changes in my <laughs> personality. Well, Andrew, I'd love to just go ahead and get right into these changes right now, but we do not have time, Andrew. This has been a nice break, but we got to get back to the episode. Oh, all right, okay. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Oh, no. and you know what? I got to get back to my uh, phone. Uh, I mean, come on, kids these days, right? You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, come uh, on, stop looking But it's at because that. somebody's literally calling me right now, Andrew. Uh, that's what? right. It's, uh, it's time for an acquaintance call in. Acquaintance call in. Okay, it is time for another acquaintance call in here on the show. Of course, that's the time of the show where, uh, you know, we talk to somebody that uh, most shows would probably call a friend of the show, but on our show, that's just not true, right? So uh, we're just going to talk to some acquaintances, just some people that we know. Pete, who are our acquaintances today? Wow, Andrew. Okay, well, we are absolutely thrilled to have on the show today, Andrew, we're talking to Tori Potenza, who is a horror writer, a film critic, one half of Killer Bees podcast. And then we have the other half of Killer Bees podcast here, too, which is Garrett Smith, who is also a movie critic. And they specialize, I should say, Andrew, Mm. in horror. Okay, Um, scary. So uh, (laughs) which is exactly why Tori and Garrett are who we need to be talking to. Andrew, today about this Cthulhu-themed game. Thanks for being on the show, y'all. Oh, thank you. A hearty awooga to both of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Um, And might I say, an awooga to you. Wow. uh, On this fine day. What a creepy sound effect. It's from Griffin's (laughs) horror. You know, and our audience probably hears that we are already giving each other awoogas, and they, they are worried that that we're already too friendly so we should probably clear the air up top um and uh, make sure and verify with with both of you tori garrett everyone on this call uh we're we're not friends right definitely not yeah uh pete and i did live under the same roof for multiple years yeah Uh, Yeah. but i do not want that to give anyone Mm -hmm. listening the impression Mm -hmm. that we are Mm -hmm. in any way friendly towards one another at all you Absolutely. could say that living together for a couple of years actually uh, sullied <laughs> what could have been yeah. a yeah. wonderful, wonderful yes. friendship. Honestly, this is kind of like why this podcast exists. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I have you to thank. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah, exactly. Pete might be your friend, but no. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's, right. That's right. This would be a whole different podcast. It'd be me and Garrett covering these games. And Andrew, <laughs> yeah. you would be living under a bridge somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> With uh, a bunch of uh, friends. You know what I mean? In some sort of underbridge community. Just tons you of guys friends. are what so bereft of friends that Pete imagines <laughs> the only way to have them is to live under a bridge. That's how you have them, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that where you find friends, actually? It's, uh, you know, I could see why you only have each other. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I found Andrew. Well, I found Andrew under a bridge. So I just assume that's where you find mm. others. You know what I mean? It's where uh, you get I washed up. Yeah. I washed up ashore. 
I was in a little, uh, I was in a little cradle like uh, Moses or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was, I was fishing and I caught Andrew in a, he was, it, he was going through his adult baby phase. Uh, so he was swaddled in a, <laughs> and his religious, uh, his religious adult baby phase. So he was doing Moses cos- cosplay. Um, okay. Now listen, I could talk all day about uh religious cosplay but we don't we that's we're actually talking about kind of the opposite i guess actually no i don't know well... okay let's get let's get right into it would you say i mean uh oftentimes followers of the elder gods are considered uh i guess cultists i mean in this mm-hmm. game they're definitely refer, referred to as cultists um so uh, do we consider that is it would you is that a religion? Do they have a name for the religion for folks? I'm going to swing it right religion? back around before we even get to the real details of it and what? ask you, are are not all religions cults? Oh, oh my God. Oh, my wow. God. Wow, this hitting. is fire. Wow. Right. This... Um, boy, oh, boy, I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm going to go for it mm-hmm. and say... Yeah. Any religion in which you wear Nikes, right, and have and have, and yeah. have to wear Nikes, yeah, and that's a sign that it's a cult, right? I, I think where it crosses the line mm-hmm. is where you're being coerced into like doing certain mm-hmm. or like staying, like you can't leave yeah. that type of thing. Like that's maybe. Oh, the, that's the a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Do for me, really. that's true of the Cthulhu cults. Yeah. Oh, uh, question. Well, that's why we have you on the show because I don't know anything about Cthulhu. So I feel yeah. like you don't get to like know the cultists. They're just kind of mm-hmm. these like weird figures in the backdrop that okay. are like assisting the they're, elder gods. They're like their the bidding. Sith cultists at the end of Rise of Skywalker. We never get to oh, know them. See. They're just there. Okay. You know? See now, yeah, like a full backstory. Yeah. yeah. Now yes. you're talking about things that I understand. Okay. Yeah. Now you're speaking Andrew's language. He's I've been saying Star I don't know Wars. anything about Cthulhu or Lovecraft or whatever that is, but Star Jar Wars. Jar Jar is his Cthulhu. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we can't get into it, but were those cultists, quote unquote, were they even real or was that a Sith, uh, you know, uh, oh visual optical illusion? Anyway, we can't get into it, but <laughs> I, w- I wonder if Palpatine actually created them as a. Well, now I want to kind of get into anyway, it. Anyway, well, we yeah. can't get, we kind of can't get into it. All right, all right, Sorry, fine. What if it's just like a Coliseum? No one else can have one. It's like a Coliseum full of like clones that didn't quite work out. It's all, they're Whoa. all like pre Snokes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just like a Coliseum like of pre Snokes. Yeah, exactly. Oh my yeah. God. Be, yeah, all right. Retheme this game with Sith oh cultists and Jedi wow. investigators. Beat. Oh Come my on. God. What a great idea. Well, loving it. All right. Trademarked. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know if we, yeah. So, Tori, they, it, they don't really get into profiling the cultists themselves very much. Most, at least most of the original work, and probably I would assume most of the current work too. Um, but I don't know for sure. And so I guess we don't, it would be funny. It would be interesting to see like a, almost like a going clear of the Cthulhu <laughs> world, right? Where like, uh, what is it? Is that Leah uh, Remini? Is that her Leah name? Remini uh, did, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like somebody trying to escape the cult of Cthulhu or whatever. And, hmm. Interesting. Is that what her show was called? Going clear? I guess maybe Going her book was called clear, that. Clear. I think so. I watched the whole show. I can't remember what it was called, but it was. A good I know one. that's yeah. what that wow. big documentary. Yeah, it was, was like the called. HBO documentary. HBO, like yes. documentary yeah, it was called Going Clear. Oh yeah, that might not have been Leah Remini's yeah. thing specifically, but yeah. yeah. Um, um, and I guess they would call it uh, Going Sane. <laughs> yeah. 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 
I mean, like, what do you do? Like, how do you leave a giant tentacle monster? You know, yeah. like that seems really especially difficult. when it's, yeah. it's like an implied madness, right? Like, can yeah, you yeah. madness. Like once you've gone mad and you're you like, like oh, good, oh, I'm done. I'm done yeah. with this. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go back to the world. Of the scene. Pretend I don't know. There are all of these like terrifying, like giant creatures out in the universe yeah. and just like go back to work yeah. and do my thing. That's we, a good to- point. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, because it's it's almost the badness almost comes from the the knowledge that they're there almost right. Yeah, oftentimes right. is how it's described. Sure. Hmm. Oh, so so the people are going insane. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna back it up even further because this is a very basic question. But it's like yeah, it. So are, is the most of the Lovecraft stuff like? Is it about the monsters and how they're coming out and destroying the world, or it's about like people going in? Or what what what's it mostly about? Yeah, I mean, I've read, I think we have like the whole collection of Lovecraft downstairs, but I've only read like a little smattering and I have read Call of Cthulhu and there's a lot of great horror writers that also are like taking on Lovecraft, especially from like BIPOC and like LGBTQ Mm -hmm. perspectives, which is really awesome. Um, But in, in the stuff I've read, a lot of times, like it's not focused on the monsters so much as it's these like people that like get a glimpse into the world of like you know these elder gods and just like see some little bit of it um Mm -hmm. like call of cthulhu is really strange because it's all just this guy's letters about his experience so you also get like a lot of layers of like oh this person is telling you the story of of this other person's story of how they went mad uh Mm -hmm. so it's really weird and layered in that way and then you know they're all kind of these um like indescribable terrors and so that's also kind of his deal of just like under describing what people are actually seeing um Mm -hmm. but we know that you know Cthulhu is like a squid boy. Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But because it's like a Wes Anderson style, like framing device within a framing device within a framing device, (laughs) it allows it to have this, like, and by the way, I'm speaking having read none of this. I am am repeating (laughs) things that Tori has told me. It it allows it to have, like, and that undescribable nature is like built into it. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. you're like, you're not even getting a direct account of the thing. You're getting yeah. someone's account filtered through someone else that's accounting it to you. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we watched some of the Cabinet of Curiosities uh, show that Guillermo del Toro did. And a few of those are Lovecraft oh, yeah. adaptations. Yeah. And they're all like all of those ones are kind of structured that way where it's like, and I'm going to tell you a story from another person. Mm-hmm. And then they tell someone else's story. And you're like, OK, where are we? Even now? Yeah, I feel. Yeah, like- yeah, yeah. I feel like some of the modern adaptations I've seen do a thing where it's like people are getting broadcasts. They're like they're like tuning into some kind of like frequency. Um, and then that is like conveying this like otherworldly. Yeah. So they're getting they're getting like a broadcast maybe from the other side of the galaxy saying that Palpatine has returned somehow. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Right. Well, and well, and most to be fair HP- to understand that. Uh, broadcast. They do need Babu Frick to work on, <laughs> yeah, true, uh, a protocol droid, yep. which is programmed to not speak Sith. That was actually blocked, and yeah. uh, and that brings us to the best character in Star Wars, Babu Frick. <laughs> uh-huh. <That's> true. <laughs> also, most HP Lovecraft stories start with a round of Fortnite, and that's how they convey that Ooh. information to you. Yeah. Oh. Yes, yeah. now we're tall. Little known fact: Lovecraft <laughs> love Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lovecraft was a big. Yeah, he was toxic. You know, what I mean, he was. Are we already too many left. years past 
uh, Rise of Skywalker for people to remember that that speech was released in Fortnite first. Oh, have, I, have I made wow. a reference that's already too deep? You know what? Not for I me. I remembered that. that, that <laughs> okay. That they did I, that. Wow. I remembered that. I don't even play Fortnite. So wow, <laughs> yeah, me neither. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. See now you got me all Babu fricked up. I thought you were gonna say all, 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 all. You know, Lovecraft starts with Babu Frick. Now Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraft sucked, right? Is that? Oh, I mean, yeah. like, I mean, like yeah. the stories yeah. were kind of cool or whatever. But obviously, as a person, what I, uh, I don't know a lot, but he, he sucks, right? Yeah, like super garbage, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The example mm-hmm. that I've heard many times is that, and I won't even repeat it, but that in one of the stories. A character has a black cat yeah. that they have nicknamed uh, the racial slur for a black person. Oh, yep. and that's just so, in the writing, yeah. like casually on the train reading Lovecraft, and then you're like, "Oh, wow, okay." Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And I can't use I, the like, uh, to, uh, what is it like, uh, Tom Sawyer, like the Mark Twain or right, right. excuse for this, yeah. where it's like, ah, this is kind of a historical. Uh, yeah, no, know. it's definitely like one of those things where you can't even go like, "Well, that was his worldview," but it doesn't. No, it's actually like fully in the stories as yeah. well. Yeah, like, you, right, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Trash. Uh, yeah. Which kind of brings us to today. Right. Uh, Tori, you you brought this up where just like there are a, a number of authors these days who are almost kind of like reclaiming Lovecraft's work. Right. And kind of uh, reimagining it from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, I have a book downstairs that is a collection of short stories from different um, women who are doing their interpretations of Lovecraft, which is really cool. Um, there's this really great sci-fi writer, N.K. Jemison. She's like a black sci-fi writer and she's doing a series right now. Um, called The first book is called The City We Became and mm-hmm. it is revealed that the whole thing is kind of her like look at Lovecraft and it all takes place mm-hmm. in New York. So it goes Cool. into how diverse New York is and like the other side are these evil like squid people that are racist and it's it's great so far. Yep. I haven't read the second book in the series, but it's exciting yeah. to see those narratives. Yeah, and there was um there was that Nicolas Cage movie a couple years ago called Color Out of Space. Yeah, which was uh, also a pretty decent yeah, adaptation. And really- one of the leads is black, which I'm like, <laughs> oh, he would be rolling in his grave. This is great. Yes, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Talking about yeah. them having these like framing devices within framing devices. That movie is told through this black character's perspective who is journaling throughout the movie and so it's implied that like a black man will have accounted for everything that we've just seen yep uh which would definitely you know uh hp lovecraft would can hate that somebody did that with his work (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so yeah it is interesting the way people are like actively trying to yeah you know um it's interesting it's like people see the value in the imagination yeah. at play mm-hmm. in the work yeah uh, and, and so people are sort of trying to like i guess claim what is claimable you know yeah and, and, uh, while sort of rewriting it to be mm, i don't know yeah, yeah. i mean there's no, like mean. like cosmic horror and like lovecraftian horror is like a really interesting like genre especially when you when you do get into that idea of like these like terrifying things that are unimaginable like call of cthulhu is pretty chilling when you like finish reading that account and come to the end so it's like pretty impressive how he's able to pull off something like that and and it's cool to see other people 
take that on and do something with it and then also mm-hmm. try to grapple with like some of the you know problematic things with the author too so it's it seems like a lot of cool people are trying to reclaim it um, I, yeah I should, even, I should also mention that while we're, you're talking about that i um i got an email from the creator of this game that we're talking about on the show and he mm-hmm. also mentioned the same thing that they that you know, Lovecraft was a racist guy, and they inc- yeah. he includes a lot of uh, people of color on the on the cards, the oh, investigations, awesome. yeah. things like that. And so, oh, that yeah. is cool. Yeah, he's trying. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like the creators were very aware of that for this one, which is nice, actually. It's, yeah, uh, it's refreshing uh, in a world that can go either way in in, in board games sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, for sure. Um, and so, and Andrew was was saying because he came into this really not knowing anything about Cthulhu really, and I knew a little bit about Lovecraft and Cthulhu and everything like that. And Andrew was basically like, it, this seems like it's like having a renaissance and like we're seeing a lot of works of fiction in it and everything like that. And we're seeing more and more in the media these days. Do you feel like uh, people like there's like a newfound interest in this or do you feel like it was always there and it just was never kind of like uh, shown in mainstream media or is it or is there kind of like a revival almost where people are getting reinterested in this again? Yeah, I I do wonder too cuz like like I'm wearing a reanimator shirt right now and Stuart mm-hmm. Gordon Lewis like loved adapting Lovecraft in the 80s so he did a ton mm. of that um and yeah. uh the other I always get him and uh Yuzna that's the oh, other Brian one. Yuzna Yeah, yeah Yuzna I, does some of that too in the too. 80s um mm-hmm. but yeah I think like I mean thinking about the state of the world and just like you know mm. all of the things that continually <laughs> seem to happen Uh, I think it makes sense that these like kind of unimaginable horrors are like things that are on people's minds right now um, because it is all super existential. So, you know, that that makes sense to me, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I'll just go (laughs) ahead and crank my air conditioning up a little bit more as the world uh, reaches. It's like, you know, fifth month of record highs or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Check if the air is poison outside. Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. Every (laughs) forest is burning. And, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, as as the authoritarian boot, you know what I mean, gets... uh, (laughs) <laughs> strapped on harder or whatever yeah. but uh but yeah Isn't so it? i actually don't know what you're talking about when you yeah, say uh, i just i just kind of like you know the fiction of it with the big squid guy no, yeah i mean <laughs> he is cool but also he is isn't cool. all the stuff pete just said kind of part of the stories too like it's always like mm-hmm. oh there's like something wrong with the water in arkham we got to go check it out and then yeah. it's like, it turns out it's like some unspeakable horror is like peeking through yeah there is some mm. cool stuff with that there's a really good book called the fisherman uh mm. that is a lovecraft adaptation but it's essentially about just these two guys grieving the loss of their wives and they stumble on to these like eldritch horrors uh and it is like very similar like it's clear like there's this history of this town and the water and just like the i don't know the pollution that then pollutes people's minds and makes them crazy so there is definitely a lot of that in fact like natural precursors yeah and colorado space has a lot of that too because you see like the animals change and like the yeah. like plant life change. It's like pretty wild. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And there's probably just some big company behind all of that anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just yeah, take it up. I just, I need that one extra layer of, you know, um, Cthulhu is actually commentary. a corporation. It's Cthulhu yeah. Corps. Oh, for sure. Uh, Cthulhu Corps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just a, yeah. It's just a, uh, cause, uh, Cosmo cosmological? Wait, no, that's mm-hmm. hair, right? 
What's the that's cosmetology? That's cosmetology. Yeah. Yeah. Cosmological is probably cosmological. What you meant. Is that right. a word? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Although you it's you could probably go into like your hairdresser and be like, you know, I want to get the Cthulhu look. You know, get, you could like, pr this... probably work cosmetology Ooh. into Lovecraft. Yeah, get some yeah. squid hair going on, that kind of thing. Yeah, squid yeah. hair or like um one I don't know one of, you get like some of the robes or hoods or whatever built into your hair. If you want to uh, get really get people looking <laughs> weird your way, um, well, but it's not just Cthulhu; um, it, it's Elder Gods, plural, yeah. right? So you could uh, you could get you could have a different look every day of the week if you want to, mm -hmm. based on an on an, oh, on an Elder God, right? Yeah. So you many I mean? indescribable well, things to mm -hmm. describe to your hairdresser. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I hear that. It might be hard yeah. to describe it to you guys. Yeah. I mean, on all the cards in here, all the monsters they kind of well, they don't all look. Uh, they all seem to have some sort of tentacles going on. I think yeah. that's the one thing that's in common. So seems like long appendages. Say there was this Lovecraft kind of was interested yeah. in that in one way or another. You know what I mean? Yeah, Do you... it's from New England, like fishing towns and stuff. That's I think it all kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe it's kind of marine in its yeah. in its bases. All these all these and things. Also, like the sea is like maybe the <laughs> the longest running place that humanity has been. Like what the. F is in there what is yeah. all of that stuff that sorry exactly. what the awuga is in there what <laughs> is all of that stuff down there <laughs> yeah no exactly i mean it is the the void i mean i was yeah. just actually yeah. i was literally telling andrew's son this now i don't know if he knows this uh, today so uh andrew you can go ahead and just put your thumbs right in your ears no right? I, I was no no, okay. no i was i was literally telling andrew's son today about the fact that there's parts of the ocean that we just we just can't go to i mean yeah. it's, you know what i mean like we're just there's we don't we have no way to go there it would yep. even our even our best sea vessels or whatever would would just crush under the pressure of it so there's just parts who knows what's down there you know what oh, I mean? so cool um which is probably <laughs> why andrew when he wakes up you know screaming in a nightmare and <laughs> Thank don't you. call me i'll be asleep but uh, that's probably what it is tell him tell him i was lying or whatever but yeah no exactly i mean heck cthulhu could be down there for all we know, you know what I mean? i'll just yeah. show, i'll just uh, show him some pictures from the cards in this game and that'll <laughs> yeah that'll calm him down yeah, calm him right exactly. down He's got some like Godzilla style, like hollow earth, like cave yeah. that he lives in. Yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, that is like the supposition of like 50% of like sci-fi and monster yeah, movies. It's just like, mm -hmm. yeah, lurking down there in those corners of the sea that we can't find. Yeah. There's this thing. Right. Right. Like the idea, like, oh, it's always been there. You yeah. know what I mean? And now it's awake or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's your problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, um, I guess my last question for you kind of touches on what we were just talking about, which is the state of the world today. Um, should we actually call forth an ancient God to destroy the world? Cause I'm kind of leaning more that way each day. I'm kind of seeing the <laughs> cultist point of view more and more. Yeah. I mean, like those aliens just showed up apparently. I don't know. I didn't look into it cause I can't handle I, any other. I'm sorry. What is funny about that is they, in that whole like hearing or whatever, they keep saying, yeah, we found non-human bodies mm, in these crafts. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, what does that mean? You found fucking, they sent, mon like the Russians put monkeys yeah, in like some yeah, craft yeah. that they tested and you <laughs> right. found that? Like, right. That's, it's like, that they sounds like that might be what that means. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because they keep specifying. Right, yeah, they keep exactly. going, they're non-human. Okay. So they're like, they're dogs? So like, what they are they? can be <laughs> anything that's not yeah. human that has a yeah, body. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Anyway. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I but I think I you know basically. I think this world's kind of run its course, so we probably just get some sort of big squid in here and just kind of crunch it. Yeah, I think (laughs) that might be the way to go, honestly. Have you guys Mm -hmm. seen the movie Cabin in the Woods? Oh, yeah. Mm. No. while, though. Oh, well, I guess I don't want to spoil it for you or listeners, but there is a very Elder Gods thing that happens at the end of that movie that is... A little bit what Pete is uh, uh, discussing here. Well, you can spoil away and people can fast forward like a minute. Yeah, or two yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 well, the I end... know they find the the thing underground. Yeah. And then like basically it opens up and they reveal that like I think Sigourney Weaver comes out and explains that like, yeah, we said like horror movies are just sacrifices to these elder gods. We just actually mm-hmm. sacrifice teenagers to these elder gods to keep them from oh, like swallowing the world whole. Right. It's so funny that I just missed that whole part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like, yeah, the, like the, that never stuck with me. <laughs> the fun, crazy finale of that movie is just like, yeah, there's elder gods and we sacrifice teenagers to them. Yeah. That's yeah, what horror yeah, movies yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so what That's are your? Good. What, you guys life love horror, right? What are some of like yeah. your mm-hmm. all time favorites? Like, what's your best genre? Because mm-hmm. horror can have all kinds of different genres in it. Like, what's your some of your favorites? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. body horror is definitely my thing. I'm a right. huge Cronenberg fan. Cronenberg fan, right? Um, yep. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, I, but I love like most horror, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Tori will watch o- almost literally like anything yeah. and, and probably enjoy it too. Uh, <laughs> I, I really like slashers. Slashers <laughs> are yeah. like my kind of bread and butter with horror. I just think they're like very entertaining. Uh, yeah, yeah, often totally. stupid. I have a real appreciation for just dumb cinema. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Speaking and... of sacrificing teenagers, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I also really like body horror. Like I am yeah. a big Cronenberg yeah. fan as well. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that, I mean, I feel like that is represented in Lovecraft too. Uh, mm. Obviously it was mostly, you know, writing that Lovecraft did or whatever, but I feel like a lot of people who like body horror like to dip their toes into that world mm. too. Cause they're like, Oh, this is great. Indescribable. Say no more. Like I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll figure that out. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it causes them to go mad as soon as they see them. I gotcha. You know what I mean? I'll work, <laughs> yeah. up, uh, I'll work something up. That's crazy. You know what Well, I mean? and that's like, we love, uh, the movie Reanimator, uh, mm-hmm. Stuart Gordon's mm-hmm. Reanimator, and that's a Lovecraft adaptation that does just fully become like a body horror. Oh movie. yeah, it's in a way that I'm assuming the story is not necessarily. You know what I mean? Yeah, I haven't mm-hmm. read that one. By the end but... of that movie, they're like literally slip sliding around blood and body parts <laughs> in like a yeah. in, in like a medical room. Yeah, yeah, almost literally. Yes, it's like practically a Three Stooges thing. Yeah, so I do think that there is like because of movies like that there's definitely a close association with and because like i think people like sometimes go through these physical transformations like as they like become involved with like you know the elder gods in some way or like infected by them them yeah so you get like fish guys and stuff (laughs) we have to tell them about what well was it called glory was... Oh, glorious! Glorious. That's what it was called. Yeah. Okay, there's a movie you can watch on Shutter, I think, right? Uh, yeah. Called okay. Glorious, uh, where a man, mm-hmm. right, a man walks into a like truck stop, rest stop, and the glory hole in the stall, yeah, uh, starts talking to him and <laughs> okay. reveals that he is an elder god and, <laughs> okay. and starts commanding him to do things for him. Uh, and he's voiced by and he's voiced by J.K. Simmons. Simmons. Uh, oh, J.K. Simmons. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it's uh, pretty great. 
Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Andrea, we might have to watch this for research for the podcast. So yeah. Okay. Uh, bonus <laughs> yeah. episode coming out. Soon. Bonus <laughs> yeah. coming out. Uh, um, well, oh, sorry. Wait. It's about an awooga hole. Sorry. It's an about an awooga. Yeah, you, no, you, can... you know what? Hey, listen. <laughs> There's nothing uh, inherently, uh, you know, a swear word about the word glory. Oh, so, fair enough, you know, fair enough. Mm, uh, true. if the kids are going to be, if the children who it's listen a glory to this podcast, awooga, yeah, I was going to say, I think I might have awooga the wrong part of it, even if I, even if we were going to do that. Hey, um, kid, do you two have children who? Yeah, uh, I was going to say, do you two have any? Uh, since this is a board game podcast, do you guys ever play board mm. games? Do you have any favorite board oh, games yeah. or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I think one of the games that we like love to play is the like Cthulhu version of Pandemic. Uh, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. really love that. Yeah. Um, mostly because, yeah. and especially, I, we haven't played Pandemic since the pandemic but yeah. i feel like that the regular version probably doesn't hit the same um yeah, so keeping yeah, it like mythical yeah, is nice yeah, yeah. um yes. yeah yeah i i'm trying to think of some of the names of other ones because i feel like i'm terrible at like remembering what we play but i mm-hmm. love cooperative games i think that's oh, yeah. usually like my jam um oh, yeah, so anything totally. where we're working together there's like a universal mm-hmm. monsters cooperative. yeah horrified yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. been fun it's, mm-hmm. it's really mm-hmm. hard too we've it lost yeah. a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know there are, I know people love that one. I've actually never sat yeah. down with that one, but that one I know people absolutely love. And there's yeah. like, there's a, I don't know if you uh, knew this, but they, they came out with like a North American cryptid version of that. Um, no, that's Oh, game. that sounds fun. That's fun. To look so into. like Bigfoot yeah, yeah. and the, yeah. the Jersey mm-hmm. Devil and stuff. Mo- uh, moth, uh, Mothman. Mothman. Yeah, yeah Mothman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. So I think we have Cthulhu Flux too, but yeah, we haven't we have played Ooh, it. Flux. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We could play that. I think I yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think Andrew. I think you and I have played not not Cthulhu Flux, but I think no. I think I played Cthulhu Flux at what? Well, oh, different acquaintance, I think some of your other acquaintances. Long, long time ago. <laughs> Sorry, but, Andrew. Uh, you so. play games with people that aren't your friends. Well, and this is how no, I. This, I, this is was how a I long. This is way before I only had one friend. So. Mm. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Fair. Wow. All right. Fine. Before I saw yeah, yeah, the yeah. light of you know. Yeah. Yeah. Where the elder gods told me the truth. Yeah, this was back when he was, uh, you know, insane. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah when he was living under that bridge. Yep. Yes, right. exactly. He was. He he looked at a bunch of friends and it caused him to go insane. <laughs> um, but I I cleared his mind up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Tori Garrett, it has been awesome talking to you, um, oh, yeah. and learning all about this stuff. Um, and I'm sure that listeners are going to be like, hey. We know that they do all sorts of movie uh, writing and critiques and podcasts and everything like that. Where can we learn more? So um, where can they find more from you? Uh, moviejohn.com mm-hmm. is yeah, where Movie both John. of us are usually which is uh the philadelphia john j-a-w-n oh yeah, oh, yeah j-a-w-n yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh and um you know i'm still on twitter yeah which i'm referring yeah. to as twitter, twitter. yeah <laughs> whatever it is <laughs> uh i'm i'm at philadelphia there and mm-hmm. anywhere else that you may or may not have social media in the coming apocalypse yes yeah <laughs> philadelphia nice <laughs> yeah. uh, i am the neon banshee on most things including blue sky which may or may not be the new twitter we'll see how this yeah. variation works out uh and you can also yep. find my work at uh certified forgotten here a scream um i just did a panel discussion on extreme horror yesterday with spinsters of horror you can watch it on youtube um yeah. and nice. i'm working for 
uh, creator VC on their In Search of Darkness horror documentaries. And we're doing mm. a 90s horror doc that we're getting geared up for. So uh, we're cool. looking for like people are horror fans. We want to know like what movies you're interested in. If you yeah. want to collaborate with us. So definitely look up uh, In Search of Darkness. Awesome. Well, yeah. thanks so much, y'all. Appreciate you. That's been Tori and Garrett. Tori and Garrett, thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Auga. Hoochie mama. That was. (laughs) I echo that sentiment exactly, Andrew. That was a wooga. A hoochie a wooga mama. Uh, Andrew, that was a ton of fun. Um, Talking to Tori and Garrett. But, Andrew, you know, we got to get back to work. We got to punch back in, Andrew. We got to get back to work specifically, Andrew. Uh, helping Sean. Now, he doesn't know that he's hired the, us for this uh, particular <laughs> job yet, but, uh, you know, uh, basically, we went ahead and hired ourselves as consultants because, Andrew, it's time to give this game a little bit of market research. Market research. That's right. We here at uh, To Can Play That Game, you know, we're all about supporting small business so we're here to help thing 12 games just just market this one sell more units of seals of cthulhu and uh you know we got to make make even more money on this game we got to appeal to the masses with this game andrew even more than it already does can we think of a of a way to tweak it you know what i mean to uh, so what do you what do you think what do i think andrew here's what i think here's what i think i think andrew that i hate to get political Wink. You know what I mean? <laughs> you Not know, me. I always no, right. hate that. I know you yeah. hate that. But, uh, I mean, listen, I, I think eagle-eared listeners uh, have figured out where my particular affiliations lie, but I'm going to even set that aside, Andrew. Okay? okay. Uh, because I want to sell as many units of this game as possible for Thing 12, Andrew. So <laughs> I'm going to try to appeal to everybody, Andrew. That's right. Um, and listen, here's what I was thinking. I was thinking, hey, you're 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 bidding to get pieces of things, and then you put them together to make them work. You know what I mean? Um, if you can get kind of both halves of them, they have they can achieve certain things. Um, we got to take advantage of the current political climate, Andrew, where we're always trying to catch the one political person, the one politician that we don't like, and doing something illegal, and then put them away. You know what I mean? Uh, and yeah. so every everybody's doing this, Andrew, on both sides. You know what I mean? So just the cool thing to do. Yeah, it's just the thing that we're doing these days. We're just trying to, you know, lock people up as much as possible, <laughs> and on both sides of the aisle. Lock and people so you up. can lock yeah, people and up. Lock people up. Lock people, just like uh, yeah, a centrist who is like, you know what? Lock them all up. Actually, you know what? Now we're talking. Actually, actually not a bad idea. Hold yeah, on. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, hold on. <laughs> um, yeah. The bottom line is you can you can have a the the beauty of this answer is you can have a version of the game where you're trying to win pieces of evidence, right? Put them together, mm-hmm. and then that means you can lock up Hunter Biden, or you can lock up Trump, or you can right. lock up Pelosi or Feinstein, or you can lock up. Nikki Haley or whoever, because the crazy thing, Andrew, is uh, they have all done crimes and gotten away with them, Andrew. That is that is the one thing that this has proven to us all, and uh, and that we we do know. 
and so, of course, instead of addressing the wider problem that is unveiled by this, that our politicians are, in fact, on both sides of the aisle, are constantly helping themselves and other rich people like them to steal all the capital that's available here, we should, of course, just focus on one or two people uh, who is on the opposing side. So that's what I think we could accomplish with uh, with a little oh. touch-up of this game. Okay, I see. Now, you just kind of reskinned this game, I think. I think you did. Uh... I guess that's kind of true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that definitely but it's will be sell... more appealing, you know. Yeah, I see. Yeah. <clears throat> well, definitely. Yeah. People are... People and are... it's based on market research, of course. I see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not me probably... who wants it. It's what the people want. It's what the people want. And the people want to lock them up. All right, I got it. All yep. right. Um... Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, I actually have two ideas for this. Uh, one is... You know how you bid with these little follower tokens, these little follower meeples? Oh, yeah. I think um, turn these followers into founding fathers, if you know what I mean. I, I think we're wow. going to start We're gonna start betting with some real money, okay? We're going to wow, start wow, wow. putting some Benjamins okay. on the table. Because yeah, everybody Benjamins. loves gambling. Everybody, what I, My market research is telling me that people love gambling, and so... Right. Um, of course, we're also going to make it available on an app, so you can just gamble on the go on your phone because that's oh, healthy. Yeah. I'm sure that people. Oh, you know, that's very yeah. healthy for people. Must be present yeah, in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, country. or Nevada, of course. You know. Right. Um, yeah. Also, actually, I think call one eight hundred Gambler if you have a uh, problem. Yes, <laughs> do call one eight hundred Gambler. I think it's more uh, states than just Nevada and New Jersey. Now, I think a lot of different. But anyway, mm. let's let's get on mm-hmm. this gambling, this online gambling gravy train. Um, my yeah. second idea is maybe, or maybe it's combined with this one. Once you get people hooked with the gambling, why okay. don't you, I think, Sean, you, you could take this one for free. I think start an actual cult and base it around this game. Okay. okay. So appeal to the masses, right? That's how, that's that cult, you know, starting a cult is the whole point is to appeal to masses, get as many people as you can on board. Right. Mm-hmm. So you play mm-hmm. this game at your cult meetings, right? Right. And you try to recruit other people to come play this game. And yes. once they join, they have to pay like a very high membership fee. And But it's the only way they'll be safe when the end times come. So you scare right. them that way, right? And you say like, hey, I need yep. your credit cards. I need you to open more credit cards so that we can get more money from you. That's yep. how cult things. I've, I've watched a lot of things about cults, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. also they can never leave the game night cult. And if any of their yep. family members try to leave, they can never talk to them again. And yep. uh, so I think this will really trap people into playing the game. And and, oh, yeah. and then after a few years, you can just serve Kool-Aid at one of the meetings or something like that. and people. Will there you go. Out. That's yeah. what we're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have a little Jonestown. And, and, Andrew, you can go ahead and kind of give incentives for public transportation to kind of bus in old people to this cult. You know what I mean? And... <laughs> I guess I'm just describing casinos. Basically, just <laughs> don't put any clocks in your cult meeting don't so people don't clocks. know what time it is. You can smoke, and yes. they'll give you free alcohol at this cult. And That's yeah, <laughs> That's right. Um, people yeah, I mean, listen, here. Andrew, that will, in fact, make give this mass appeal. You're mm-hmm. exactly right. Mm-hmm. Wow, casinos and cults, they actually have more in common than I thought. I didn't I actually put that together. Yeah. Well, Andrew, you know what? Um, speaking of uh, kind of realizing that uh, the reality of it all. <laughs> right, okay. 
Okay, follow me on this segue. Um, this is is this just fantasy? <laughs> Is this just fantasy? Okay, great, great natural segue into is mm-hmm. this just fantasy? Um, this right. is a segment. I feel like we haven't done this one in a while. Uh, we're gonna it's say been a while. Yeah. Um, could this happen in real life? How grounded is this game? Is it realistic? Right. Is it not? Is it just fantasy? Yeah. What are we yep, talking about yep, here? Yep. Now. Yeah. Um, you know <laughs> what do you think, Andrew? I, 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 are there elder gods who could destroy this world if summoned? Uh, well, I don't know, but I sure hope so. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, <laughs> I uh, well, I don't know. I I was focused more on the the cultist aspect of this whole thing. Again, like I've said oh, multiple yeah. times here, I don't know that much about Cthulhu lore, but um, yeah, I have yeah, watched yeah, yeah, a yeah. ton of documentaries about cults. It's one of my guilty pleasures on Netflix or whatever. Wow, I saw the Leo the Leo Remini thing. I watched a bunch of different ones on on other cults and stuff like that. So from what I've seen, um, investigators don't usually Mm -hmm. get involved or, or if they do, they, they kind of like go away real quick. They don't do too much with cults. Right. Yeah. I would assume the cults tend to have a little bit of money and that kind of takes care of that. You know what I mean? That's exactly right. Real life, real life cults just bribe the officials. That's what they they kind of just bribe, you know, the officials. Also, like, uh, you know, the idea of, like, a police investigator, like, being sent to investigate, like, potential summonings of elder gods to destroy the world. You know what I mean? I just don't think the police union would really allow (laughs) that. You know what I mean? (laughs) And yet a lot of those people are anti-union, so riddle me that, Andrew. But anyway... (laughs) Um, and when, not to get political and speaking of speaking of fantasy um, yeah right um, listen yeah t- the only time where i've seen police get involved with a cult was like uh mm-hmm. that waco texas thing and that that obviously got nuts sure. so i feel yeah. like um yeah, 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 yeah that's it's not it's not realistic for for investigators to really get involved with it. also probably, yeah probably honestly probably best that they don't actually right. now that we're now that we bring up waco <laughs> Right. So, um, you know, from what I've seen, cults don't usually have these artifacts. They don't worship monsters mm-hmm. like this. It's usually just like one mm-hmm. egomaniac who just wants to control people. Yeah. And so, so yeah. yes, this is just fantasy. This is not a realistic yes. portrayal of a cult. Um, yeah. yeah. Whether yeah, or not yeah. Elder Gods are real or not, it doesn't matter because it's just uh-huh, this, this game is just uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, most I will say definitively that um, though people might try to say that the Clintons, you know, drink whatever, teenage blood or whatever, (laughs) uh, from some golden goblet or whatever, that there are artifacts and rituals and yada, yada, yada. It's uh, unfortunately the reality is that they are just scamming you usually. Yeah, they're just, yeah, just some con they, artists. They're just they just far. help out the rich and they don't care about the poor and that's usually just yeah. generally how it goes on both sides of the. Uh, anyway, Andrew, so that's kind of a fantasy check. Um, but the, what here's the question people really want to know, Andrew. Enough about all that. You know what I mean? Are there guys that have squids for heads, Andrew? And that is a hard yes. That is not just fantasy because in the way we know this is we did also see one of those guys in Pirates of the Caribbean. So oh, okay. It can't be a coincidence, Andrew. You know what I mean? I thought you were going to make probably like a record 
you know, we've, we've referenced Star Wars so much on this episode mm. already. This, the, uh, oh, yeah. The Star Wars species of the Quarren, which are squid Yes, heads, the Quarren, that's right. They live on Mon Calamar with the mm -hmm. Mon Calamari. Um, interestingly enough, they share that planet. Interesting, huh? Mm -hmm. um, and I believe, yeah, the Quarren are... They actually live in the water on that planet i think in the i think they both live in the water from what i've seen yeah mm. 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 maybe on different I might, ends have, to go, of the might have to go to wikipedia on that one but uh yeah 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 no absolutely yeah. um well there's definitely an a, episode of clone wars where both it's a are, fantasy are like floating around in the water and they're like fighting each other i don't they're not they don't get along wow. <clears throat> yeah. now is that canon or is legends can, uh, or whatever clone wars is canon yes clone wars clone wars yeah. is canon okay fair yeah. enough yeah fair enough you should watch it. Um, yeah. Well, then there you go, too. So, I mean, look, it's whenever you see these depictions of these beings across multiple, you know, uh, cultural phenomena, if you will, you know, some uh, across multiple historical uh, artifacts, mm -hmm. uh, including Star Wars, uh, Johnny yeah. Depp's Pirates of the Caribbean, and also... <laughs> Lovecraft. It's not a coincidence, Andrew. It's not a coincidence. No, you're right. It's no. real. Yep, it's yep, real. yep. Um, okay, now, one me. thing that would be a fantasy, Andrew, is uh, you and I go into a dang party. Now, that would be a fantasy, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's never uh, going but, uh, but maybe we should go ahead and, you know, let's go ahead and dream for a little bit, Andrew, and uh, see if we can become the life of the party. Life of the party. Yeah, we're really stretching, you know, the imagination with this segment here. But let's yeah. just just yeah. bear with us here. Let's just pretend that, you know, yeah. we Go are at a party. We're gonna we're gonna need to turn this game, Seals of Cthulhu, into a party game. Even though, of course, yeah, we, and you, the listener, we all know we are all lonely suckers out there. We are not going to any we're parties. We're not going to no parties. Soon. No, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's but something that that's that's the kind of activity for those multi friend havers. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Uh, right. Yeah, no. If you'll excuse my French. Um, <laughs> so Andrew, if we got to make this into a party game, you know what I mean? Sean's <laughs> breathing down our neck, trying to get us to, you know, mm -hmm. he loved our work on the uh, market research side of it. Now he's <laughs> now he says, I need it. I need this. I need to appeal to the college kids. I need this to be a party game like beer pong. I need this to be the next beer pong. You know, what do you what are we going to do? Well, see, here's the thing. Your Seals of Cthulhu party. It's a costume party. OK, wow. Everyone has to dress up as half of their favorite elder god. Oh, OK. So when wow. they come to the party, if they make a match with anyone, then they they get to go home together. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, so wow, 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 This wow. is actually a okay. new, it's a new matchmaking service that I came up with. It's actually like an online dating app, but instead of like swiping or liking yeah. or whatever you do on those things, you okay. dress up, you dress up as a, as a tentacle monster. Excuse me, half wow. of a tentacle, half of a tentacle right. monster you dress up. Yeah. yeah, and it's and then you and you know you have something in common because you both chose the same monster or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, right. you like Shaga Shaga Flulu or whatever too or whatever," and it's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I love that little guy or whatever." It's like, "Oh, we you know yeah. now what Icebreaker?" Yeah, no, yeah. I like that. And then Andrew, just like, like the that. cards, just like the cards, you stand it now. 
I guess we're not really playing the game. Well, that's cool. Well, no, because well, in the game you put half of a elder god next to the other half, and so that's well. Now we're same talking thing. about an expansion for the game. Then Sean right. can have this for free, but where they, uh, you know, the, they turn the lights out, if you know what I mean. Um, the adult version of Seals of Cthulhu. Right. Oh yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. Talk about mass appeal. Um, Andrew, I have a similar idea, but just that. You know, you don't have to come in costume necessarily um, because they'll be provided for you, Andrew, because here's the thing. You come in the door, right? You're given a card, one of the existing cards. Obviously, this person has bought multiple copies of Seals of Cthulhu, so you're welcome for that, Sean. Um, And then they're handing out the card. And throughout the night, if you're ever talking to somebody and you whip out the card and you find out that they have the other half, hey, now you can bring it to the basement. Now, Andrew, I know what you're thinking. Hey, this is exactly my idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Except that you're not going to the basement to do seven minutes in heaven or whatever. <laughs> you're going to the basement uh, with putting on some dark cloaks with large hoods over your head. <laughs> and it's time for a ritual when you get down to the basement, Andrew. Okay, yeah. And so, you know, now now you're like the cultist or you got some effigies of human beings that you burn or whatever you know what i mean andrew i don't know what they do but something like that uh, and yeah. <clears throat> you know you you speak in latin backwards or whatever i don't know <laughs> um and if you complete the dark ritual andrew you get yeah. a fun-sized uh, snicker bar <laughs> And that's wow, kind of fun, a fun-sized huh? Snicker bar that, and I assume it like comes through some sort of interdimensional portal. And uh, no, you know? no, you just get it at the grocery store. It's part of a fun pack. Oh, okay, All right. Mm-hmm. Sounds, sounds great. Sounds Usually good. comes with Twix, which is pretty good too, and sometimes like Three Musketeers, which is actually yeah. pretty good too. So you kind of right. can't go wrong. Of those three, I'd, I'd Milky Way probably. Well, okay. Unless I'm not um, that hungry, then I'll go Three Musketeers. I mean, me too. But honestly, if I'm being honest with you, all right, rank them. All right. Uh, yeah, Twix, Snickers, Three Musketeers, Milky Way, they're all good, though. Dang. Oh, wow. Milky Way we're throwing in there? I'm going Twix. Uh, I'm going Twix, Three Musketeers. Wow. Milky Way, Snickers last. Snickers last. Oh, well, wait, can you do peanuts? or is I'm that allergic like to peanuts, animal? baby. Okay, so not, okay. Yeah. So that's an easy one. But you're still going to have them. You're just going to have them last. Okay, fair enough. And... Well, I want to enjoy the other ones before I have to go to the hospital. Yeah, so, before yeah. you got to go to the hospital. Yeah, good yeah. point, good point. <clears throat> well, Andrew, um, the two of us could go to the hospital, but uh, before we <laughs> do that, we, we should probably... What <laughs> should we? Uh, your wife's going. Yes, you should. No. Um, but uh, but before we do that, we should probably um, go to our next segment. Uh, two could play this game, but should they? Two could play this game, but should they? All right, it's kind of the uh, final Jeopardy round of the show here. It's uh, wow. you know the part where we're going to ask ourselves, uh, how sure are you that two people should play this game? You know, we're going to give it a rating from zero yeah. all the way up to one hundred percent, somewhere in there. You know, uh, yeah, is it, zero. Is it terrible? Is it the best thing sure. you've ever played, or somewhere in between? Yep. Um, yeah, um, Andrew, I am seventy-one percent sure that okay. two people should play this game, Andrew. I like this game. I do. Um, is it going to be the first one I run to and grab off the shelf? 
Hmm, maybe not. Maybe there's some other ones I would grab first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Am I going to have a good time with it? That anytime somebody decides to break it out, yes, I am. I'm going to enjoy it every time I play it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, uh, Andrew, I've actually found myself thinking about it more than I expected I would in the yeah. aftermath of playing of it. You know what I mean? Which is a great sign, I think. It, it, the fact that I want to play it again uh, is maybe the biggest endorsement that you can give a game. You know what I mean? You want to want to play it again. You know what I mean? Soon yeah. or whatever. You know. I we may um, we may so. both because I'm also thinking the same thing. Where we may be yeah. suffering from this phenomenon where <laughs> you have lower expectations and then it's like better than mm-hmm. you thought, and then you're like, oh, actually, this is really good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, just, well, I mean, just because we didn't know anything about Thing Twelve, we didn't know anything about Sean. Well, we uh, you know what I mean, and uh, and, we, and then all sh- of a sudden we're like, oh, this is good. We should have learned our lesson because we've done this before with, with Hydrosokers, yep. with uh, Shores of Tripoli, where yep. it's like it's coming from yep. some independent person, and you're like, okay, well, it's not a, it's it's just it's not a famous designer, so can it be really right? Good? And also with this one, it's just like, well, it's just a little bit of a, it's a small card game. How much can you really mm-hmm. get into it? But it's it's mm-hmm. better than you think, you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and uh yeah, I mean we talked about the fact that it it's deeper than you think, it's more complex than you think in terms of the the strategies, the tactics, etc. Um and and boy, I'll tell you the theme and the production value, it's it's all it's all good, Andrew, um which is why I'm 71% sure that two people should play it. I do think, you know, there's maybe a little bit room for some more um, you know, gameplay layers that could be added maybe some more abilities that manipulate the cards a little more and bring it to another level as a result uh maybe an expansion where certain things like allow for swapping around of cards or um things of that nature just a little more card manipulation from from something that you add in maybe you add in items or who knows events or something like that that cause things to happen um maybe just a little bit of extra stuff going on would have really bumped it up to the next level for me but as it is really good i think yeah i um i kind of agree with everything you said i just i just mm-hmm. really liked it i think even more than you i i gave it an 83 percent uh Ooh, i think it was okay i think it was super fun and i think what he's pulled off here is something that i didn't think could be done this yeah. is almost a, a a social deduction game but only for two players. You know what I'm talking wow. about? Like these type I of games. See. These type of games like uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, Secret Hitler, Werewolf Mafia, Werewolf stuff thing, like the yeah. Resistance uh, Avalon, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you're trying to like trick each other, or like you know, uh, because of the bluffing element of it and the double thinking and the well, he did this last time, and so mm-hmm. especially as you mm-hmm. play a few of these games back to back to back, you start to learn each other's tendencies a little bit, and then you yeah. gotta then you gotta start thinking, okay, well, I did that last time, so let me try and trick him, like you know, use reverse psychology on this one, you know, that kind yep. of thing. And so I think yep. it's almost like that. I, you can't really truly make a two-player social deduction game because there's only two of you, but mm-hmm. it's it's has a similar feeling to it. And um, yeah, I think that's the fun part of it: the the bluffing and the double thinking and the, the trying to trick each other stuff. It it feels oh, like, um, you know, I, it it kind of reminded me of. <laughs> Star Wars Empire versus Rebellion, believe it or not. We, oh, yeah. We reviewed that way mm-hmm. back. That's one of our old classics. 
Um, oh yeah, that's currently sitting at number five in the <laughs> top five, Andrew. And yeah, I don't regret that at all. No, well, it's a good game, but it, it's a good uh, game. Num- number five, I don't know, but it's it is a good well, game. But it kind of reminded me of that a little bit, where you, you know, it's a card game, and you're also it's a quick game and you kind of learn each other's habits in it and you're trying to mm-hmm. bluff a little bit with that trying mm-hmm. to trick each other a little bit it's a yeah, super yeah, yeah. quick game i mean it says 15 20 minutes but i think mm-hmm. it's more like 10 to 15 minutes honestly hmm. um okay yeah and i like that there's a, di- a bunch of different variations to keep it interesting because like i said earlier it, yeah. if you did play this many times it could get old after a while but i think that's kind yeah. of the, i think that's kind of the the thing that i like about it is that you really get to know, it's only six cards and you really mm-hmm. get to know the cards and and what the other person might do with them and yep um i just i don't know i just really like yeah. that aspect you start to be yeah you start to be like uh, ooh i i think i can put this together and if i do that i'm going to want to mm-hmm. do this with it you know what i mean you start to kind of plan your your approach with everything yes. depending on what on what falls to you i gave yeah. it a few ex- I gave it a few extra points also for the artwork and the phenomenal oh, packaging yeah. on there. The theme is oh, just, it yeah. just it deserves that for sure. It it it, it really enhanced mm-hmm. the experience for me. Um, mm-hmm. And listening, like I said, listening to it with the little Cthulhu creepy mood music. I mean, that ratcheted mm-hmm. up the tension for me when we were. Yeah. Also, when we were deciding like what cards, am I going to take this card or am I going to take the followers? Which one should I do? Mm-hmm. And you're waiting to see if your opponent will call your bluff. It's kind of like. That, yeah. that tension music in like dramatic uh, tension yeah. yeah like in who wants to be a millionaire you're sitting there is he gonna pick a or b you know which one <laughs> that kind of yeah thing. yeah 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 if you can't find creepy cthulhu music or whatever for this just play the who wants to be a millionaire just soundtrack. play who wants to be a millionaire music and uh mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah lo-fi <laughs> who wants to be a millionaire lo-fi <laughs> playlist <laughs> it'll really make the game that much more fun to play people so um, yeah. you know, like it is a, such a small game. Is it going to be my favorite game of all time? No, but it really mm-hmm. is super fun. It surprised me right. uh, how, how, yeah. how good this game was. So yep, 83%. Yep, sure. yep. Wow. Well, Andrew, let's go ahead and take those two scores that we got. Try to combine them into one score. That's right. I mean, heading over to the leaderboard. Leaderboard. Okay, let's take a look at this big old leaderboard here. We got 68 games on the leaderboard. Oh wow. My God. Uh, so we are going to take uh, your score of 71, my score of 83. We're going to average those two out to okay. say that we are officially 77% sure that two people wow. should play the game Seals of Cthulhu. Andrew, that's a great score. Um, as we mention all the time, because you have a big list like this, you know things <clears throat> can't all be, you know things can't all be Star Wars: Empire versus Rebellion sitting at number, <laughs> sitting at number five on the list. Um, so this one does fall to forty out of sixty-eight, but that score of seventy-seven is great. You know how you know it's a great score, Andrew. You know how you know we like it mm-hmm. is. I mean, look at the company it's in, Andrew. Right above it, Mr. Jack, which we really enjoy. Talk Mr. about Jack. deduction and, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and then right below it, Andrew, Magic the Gathering, Andrew. It beat I out mean, Magic the on. Gathering by half a point. It, I mean, come on. You know what I mean? 
Wow. And it beat out Star Wars lightsaber dueling pack uh, oh, by uh, like wow. you know three spaces and talk you about know that's, that's another a, that's another one where you're trying to like mentally trick each other in, into like yeah. well you know I did mm-hmm. this and so what's he gonna do now and that kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what I'm mm-hmm. saying uh, yeah so uh, so this one is in good company it's right it's right there in a great spot sitting at 77 Andrew. Um. <clears throat> now, Andrew, you know what I gotta ask next, my friend. We just uh-huh. played a cool game, but are we cool? Are we cool? Okay. After playing this game, are we still cool? All right. How many points did our friendship go up or down? We gotta keep track of our friendship in our yeah. um. In our old, old flaky book that we that we chained yes. up, we gotta undo yes. the padlock on this book, open it up, yes. and write down how many friendship points we have. Yeah, that's right, that's right, and then try to close it as fast as possible afterwards so that we don't yes. you know, don't release let, any monsters, let something out. Um, uh, and to that effect, Andrew, I said plus one, Andrew. Wow, uh, because Andrew, it's a scary world out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. You gotta grab your friends and hold them close. Plus one. I said plus one half because I was hoping you would have the other half of the friendship point, but you already <gasps> oh, you already covered. Oh my gosh! This is our fog of love characters all over again. You know what I mean? Always, <laughs> <laughs> always just missing <laughs> what the other uh, one wants. Wow. Yeah. Oh well, that's all right. So we own up one and a half points, though. That's pretty good. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Uh, definitely still cool after fine. going through. So, you know, Go. so we don't have the Necronomicon necessarily. Right, but. right, right. The <laughs> Necronomicon, yeah. A, a book made out of flesh or something. I'm not. I'm still not sure what the Necronomicon Pretty is. Sure. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, now we're talking. I'm going to have to look into the <laughs> Necronomicon, if you know what I mean. Andrew. Um, and uh, I think I got some other stuff uh, listeners should be looking into, Andrew. I'm talking about our Twitter uh, at to play that pod. I'm talking about our Instagram, which is uh, two can play that game podcast. I'm talking about the review section uh, where they can write a review of whatever you know podcast uh, app they're listening on right now for us. Come on, yeah, <clears throat> get into please. that. Rate us the highest rating and and yeah. write a review. Write a review. I think that actually helps. That's what I'm saying. You know what helps even more than all that stuff, actually, though? I, the, what, I, I've what, been researching what, what? about the algorithms on podcast things. Is turning on the, the first of all, following the show on whatever you're listening on, and then turning it on so it automatically downloads on your phone. Like that, that wow. helps a lot. So if you're an auto. Helps a lot, huh? Yeah, an good. auto downloader. And plus, you never know. Our schedule like these days, it's once a month, but you may have noticed maybe we're doing like twice a month sometimes. So just. Wow. Have it on auto download. That way, you'll never miss one of our episodes. You know. Wow! 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 Yeah, exactly. That way, you know, set it and forget it. Only, That's right. Only nineties kids will uh, get, get that. <laughs> Andrew, uh, and uh, whether you were born in the or lived in the or whatever in the nineties, whether you're a nineties kid or not, I whether or not you opened in... up a CD jewel case frustratingly and not... tried to release whether the or not you tried to pick the sticker off of your CD <laughs> jewel case. Uh, about fifty times a you know a year or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I want you to tune in next time, unless you get another friend, of course. 
Oh, yeah, you can't tune in if you get another friend. You can't listen to our show anymore, so... But we're not going to leave you hanging. We're going to recommend a different show you should tune into. Mm -hmm. It's called Threes Louise. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's the podcast, of course, Andrew, that's all about three-player board games uh, that uh, make you exclaim out loud, geez, Louise. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of uh, subjective on their part. But um, in in their mind, all the games do, you know, fulfill that criteria. Make you say "Geez Louise," right? So they all make you say "Geez Louise." Yeah. So if it's a three-player, so that's really niche. If it's a three-player board mm-hmm. game, but it does not make you exclaim out loud "Geez Louise," then you then they don't cover it. Correct. Yep, yep that's right. Yeah, right. that's right. I like that. There's uh, there's two episodes of it, and <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And they're waiting for the next one. They're so bangers. Long- yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean?